Hello and welcome to Scott Rock. Where your hosts from Climb Scotland, Robert McKenzie and me, Cal McBain, catch up with climbers every two weeks who have different epic tales to tell us. We hope you enjoy the show. And remember, when you're out climbing, be safe and do your buddy checks. Hello and welcome back to Scott Rock. This week we are diving deep into our Scottish climbing heroes pool to talk to an absolute bloody legend. Yes, I was honoured to be sitting down with one of Scotland's most well-known, most well-loved, most respected all-round athletes that we've ever produced to try, and I say try, to record something that was mildly PC that could potentially be released to the public. Yeah, you can be the judge of that. Yes, if you are not a climber, you may not have heard of him, but if you call yourself a Scottish climber at all, then you've probably heard whispers of the legend that they call Kevin Shields. Kev is the epitome of breaking barriers, pushing his limits, taking justified risks and giving the naysayers the big middle finger. Always coming with the best of banter and a no-one-can-stop-me-but-me attitude. His life and his climbing career are just inspiring. And don't think this is me talking to an old retired Kev. No, not at all. Uh, Now the family man is still out there redefining what his acceptable risks are and ever pushing himself and putting up some sick new lines in the process. So please, chill out for an hour and catch up with a true Scottish climbing hero that is Kevin Shields. So I'm hoping that everybody that has, everyone that's listened to this that's heard your name already, uh, you're pretty famous within, uh, don't roll your eyes, you're pretty famous within the Scottish climbing community. Most people in the Scottish, most people that call themselves Scottish climbers have heard your name at least, whether that's for good reasons or bad reasons. <laughs> Those that have heard of you, if I either know you for, you know, an incredible climbing career or and the roller coaster that that has been, mm-hmm. uh, or f- as being the, the absolute character that we all have come to love. <laughs> I don't know about love. <laughs> um, but I'd be interested to know, like, so a lot of people, you know, they know you from for either one or the other, but I'd be interested to know how you actually describe yourself these days, because you've been in the game for a while now. You've had a roller coaster of a journey. Things have changed. You've somehow grown up. Mm, no, I'm yeah. not going to go that far. <laughs> Um, but I just because... have responsibilities. I don't have to be a grown up <laughs> just because I've got responsibilities. But maybe I do, but I'm not. <laughs> what was it the um, growing up is inevitable? Uh, growing old is inevitable. Growing up is optional. Right, exactly. Yeah. That, that is very true. <laughs> um, but because of this roller coaster, you know, I'd be interested to know how you would describe yourself now versus how 25 year olds back when you were, you know, solo in E5s, E6s. How would you describe yourself then and how would you describe yourself now? How has this changed? I genuinely don't think there's that much difference. I just think 
when I'm doing dangerous stuff, I'm not doing maybe just as much of it, but when I'm doing it, I just justify it in a different way. Yeah. And that's it, really. But I'm still just a climber, <laughs> really. And that's it. I'm a climber that likes a drum. Bye. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. Before you had all these extra responsibilities, you know, back when you were young and free. really pushing free, uh, that's a, you better hope your kids don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, how would you have described yourself as a climber? Because you were a, you know, you, you were a I, good bit of an all rounder. You did a lot of different things. I, I definitely an all rounder. I think I don't think I was ever reckless as a climber. But there was certainly roots and things that I did that I didn't really give a shit about the consequences. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was happy to push things way further. You know, the most folk probably would. In relative terms, you know, all my capabilities. Aye, everything's relative. You know, everyone's got their own risk reward balance. Like. To how far I would go, I would, you know, I would solve things that were right on or probably beyond, you know, my capabilities. Aye. but. I just wanted to do them and that was it. Once I got it in my mind, it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. One way or another. Yeah, I think you're you're you were maybe a few years out of that golden era where, you know, You start to make me feel old now with some of this well, shit you that are. you're saying. Look at the colour of your hair, man. That's what kids do to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're like maybe a couple of years out of the, the golden era of, you know, cubby and Gary Latter and Keith Howitt and that one, they were just going out and soloing all this mega stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the generation that you were climbing in, yeah, there were some hardcore people, but not many soloing all that kind of stuff. I think you were a little late in the game for that golden era, but with the same kind of attitude. I, I prefer to be that way, to be honest with you. I mean, I would love to have been about, you know, yeah. back in like, even going further back, you know, to like the fifties and the sixties, that when you could just, you know, rock up and glide and go like, well, I'm going to go climb that, and that'll be a new route. Would you have been just you know? as good or ballsy in hobnail boots, though? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be keen in massive runouts with a bit of hemp rope tied around about my waist. <laughs> I think I'd probably be. I'd rather be soloing than facing getting chopped in half when I fell off or something. <laughs> um. So I want to get into that sort of mindset of young Kev. Uh, and, you know, I've, people have talked to you a lot about lots of things, but I want to kind of focus on the climbing side. Um, mm-hmm. So let's start with kind of where it began. So I, I guess it was, again, quite a traditional start for me by UK terms. And my dad started me hill walking, you know, when I was really, really young. Aye. And it just escalated really for there then I ended up with group to the Monroe's where Paula has who was on the Police Hill Rescue team spending a lot of time with them going out training then going out with the Search and Rescue Dug Association just basically any excuse to be out in the hills and then that would be kind of all the way through to my teens into my late teens and then obviously you know I was like hitting the pub and Whatever else at that point. <laughs> Where then, were you? Was it you large? Ayrshire. Ayrshire. Yeah, it's well, right. Dora, a place called Dora Iden in Ayrshire. It's ah, right. Okay. Shithole. Like, Largs is nice. <laughs> Dora is not. <laughs> um, aye, and then 
I became epileptic at tw- just before my twenty first birthday, and that was me kind of that kind of knocked the wind out my sails for a wee while, Aye. and then I went back to it. Uh, back to wanted to get into scrambling and just like I couldn't find anything to go climbing where there because like Dorai is not really a sports focused. It's not town, you know. No. So uh, <laughs> I just ended up going to Aaron quite a lot because obviously I couldn't drive. That the things I lost my license because of the epilepsy yeah, and stuff like that. And the ferry to Aaron's like twenty minutes away from us. So just go get on the ferry, go to Aaron, and be like, right, I'm going to go do that bridge today, go do this, go do that, and just tons and tons of time myself. And that's probably where the solo one started for you, really. Was doing that, and then I thought, well, I can, I can do this scrambling. You know, why not try rock climbing next and get yep. to the rock climbing natural progression. Yep, and then. I started trying to like thinking, right, I need to find folk to, to climb with. Went to a local climbing club down there. And we went cragging one night and everybody was like, oh, these are the hard projects at this wee crag that they went to. And, you know, it'll be a wee while before you can do that. And there was just this arrogance of, I'm just this punter, basically. I thought, oh, fuck this shit. So I just like on-site sold everything that was their projects just to like fuck you, you're not telling me what's, you know, what I'm going to be climbing. <laughs> and I, I just never went back after all that. I just went and did my own thing. Just like, that's, that's no for me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That attitude is kind of what I've always known you for. Like, ev- everything that I've ever heard of you doing in climbing period has all kind of had, a, had that attitude. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. You can't tell me no. Sorry if I'm swearing. All that is quite all right. If if I did an interview with you and you didn't swear, people aye. would think it's fake. I they probably aye. Aye. definitely. I thought doesn't probably be like this. Aye. This interview kind of has to be like borderline releasable. Aye. Well, I'll <laughs> definitely manage that. <laughs> Where did that attitude come from? I think probably a mixture of a few things. I think the area that I was brought up in. It's quite a hard area, Aye. and when you're already in a hard area, I mean, I was brought up in the minor strike and all that stuff was going on. Aye, so I remember Aye. all that kind of that attitude of that that time, uh, but also being the only disabled guy in the school with a noticeable disability. Yeah. You know, having only one hand, I was obviously pricked on at school and spent a lot of time fighting, and then yeah. being told, you know, you can't do certain things. When I wanted to join the army, been told I can't do that. So all these things probably. Uh, come together to, yeah. to form that attitude. I kind of wondered where that if that's where it was coming from. As like, uh, no, screw you. I've like I, I've, I've got this, but it's not going to stop me doing anything. Is it that yeah. and just upbringing in general? So like, my mom and dad are not the Molly Godwin yeah. type at all. You know, as so they were like the exact opposite of that. Yeah, you know, and I'm really glad that that's what they were like. They never, you know, felt sorry for me or. You know, hid me away for the real world or yeah. that. You know, it was like I would come out of hospital for operations as a kid on my hand, like the various things that they did with it. And like the first thing they did would be like, right, let me tie your shoelaces again, just crack on with it. It was school sports day, we're wearing a thorny plaster cast, crack on with it, go on yeah. with it. You know, nay, get oh, poor wee Kevin, none of that <laughs> shit at all. Get out and go on with it. Like, even my dad being a joiner, you know, like I, I didn't have to go and work with him, but. It was implied that it would be advisable that I went out and worked with him, you know, just to help out and do my bit. And like figuring out how to put in nails. Yeah. 
And it's all right when the nails are longer than my actual hand is where I can hold it, but when they're shorter and you're hitting them in, the amount of things that are smashed out of home with a hammer. You know, you, you have to learn to do things. And that went right the way through to like when I'm epilepsy, like the minute I got out of the hospital after having epilepsy, it had me up in a bloody roof working. Where we can have a pissing about. Just exactly like, right, where you right. want someone with epilepsy at right. height. You're out of yep. hospital now, right? right? That means you're fine, exactly. <laughs> but that's brought, that's the, I, I, so I love my mom and dad for having brought me up like that. Ah, it's a good way of being brought up, right? Definitely. Yeah. Like, no matter what comes to you, you got to battle through it. Aye. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did, is that kind of what grabbed you about climbing? Was I don't, I've worked with a lot of people that have got various disabilities, uh, and the ones that really take the climbing are the ones that are so just astonished that they can do climbing, like climbing so far beyond what they would normally have considered they'd be able to do, and actually, it's very accessible, I can do it. Yeah. It's like, is that kind of, is that partially what grabbed you about so climbing? partially, was? yep, definitely. Uh, I think climbing is massively accessible, you know, it doesn't matter which time you get. Yeah. There's guys going up elk up that can't walk, yeah. but they can climb up elk up, and it's just like, you know, they figure out a way. Yeah. They get on with doing it, definitely. Uh, the draw for me with climbing is probably, again, it's a mixing pot of these things. You know, my dad bringing me up, being in the outdoors, my family bringing me up with the, kind of, the intention that I was going to go to the, the military because that's what a lot of my family did, and that's what I, what I wanted to go and get into the army and go to the SAS. That was my ambition for like, you know, as far back as I can remember was to go to that level. It was just to get into something and be at the, the tip of the spear, you know. To yeah, almost, yeah. Like it was, again, it's one of these things that have been brought up. If you're going to do something, try to be the best you you're can possibly be. You're going to give it 100%. At it, yeah. it's like, you know, my grand, one of my grandfathers, he was an engineer and he was right at the top of the game of what he did, you know. My dad was a carpenter, like a really, really skilled yeah. Carpenter, you know, and that was his thing, you know, and that was going to be my thing was to try and be the best at it, but that didn't yeah. happen. So I guess like I climbing, uh, like getting brought into that, then no getting into the military. So I needed something that you know was adventurous and yeah. risky and uh, teamwork. Something you could push you yourself could, up. You could form a bond with folk because you've, you've kind of had a fight to an extent, <laughs> and that climbing for me, a lot of it is just about. Having a battle, I don't. I want it to be, you know, tough and risky and aye, aye. whatever else, you know. And it does form that bond, so it has, it has filled some of that void in my life that, you know, not having made it into the military, aye, aye. gave me definitely. But it was just a draw to the, to the outdoors as well, you know, just being out there in the hills. Yeah. I just I suppose coming from like the flatlands of Ayrshire. Aye, but yeah. I mean, you know, we had the moors and stuff down there, and it was great getting your boat and that stuff. You, you can still get up into the hills to an extent, but it's not like being up here, nah. you know, in the proper nah. Once you've had like, a taste of it, you know, if you go across aye. to Arran, you get a taste of that. Oh, the flatlands aren't going to do. Aye. They're just not going to. But you're sitting across on Goldfell or whatever, and you're looking back across it, so and you think, aye, I'd much rather, you know, just be a hermit out in the hill here. Aye, exactly. Aye. Like, there's definitely one day in particular I remember on Arran, and it's like a kind of game changer. To an extent, day for me. Yeah, I was working for the MOD at the time and I did a day off, went to Aaron and I'd just done the witchy step. Mm. And it was like midweek and I was just sitting there myself and there was like beams of light cracking through, you know, between Kirvor and, you know, like the witchy step and stuff like that, doing into uh, 
playing Sarnock, he said, I was just, said, I just thought, I'm quitting my job. I don't want to work full time. Yeah. Anyway, I want more time. What were you working as? for me? Uh, I, d- I was just a labourer. Right, right. Uh, armament base for them. And that was it. Nothing interesting. Yeah. I probably digressed a wee bit for your original. No, that's, dude, there. digress away. Digress away. No, I've, I've heard you, you know, speaking before about trying to get jobs and stuff. Um, and we keep saying disability. For those who don't know, Kev, do you want to describe? I or do you want me to describe? Because I'm going to be like... I've got one horn and I'm epileptic. Aye, aye, that's aye. It. You're aye. missing a few fingers. Aye. 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 As your dad say, get on with it. Aye, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've, I've heard you speaking before about trying to get jobs and stuff and uh, as soon as people hear the term disabled, uh, they pigeonhole you into, you can only do this job, you can only do that job. And yep. um, I know that a lot, your attitude of screw you, I'm going to do what I want to do, not what you tell me to do, uh, definitely kept you out of the call centres. Um, but I wondered if that was, you know, part of why you ended up pushing yourself so hard in climbing. Like obviously you, you got the you know you wanted to to give a hundred percent to something like no, that was your thing, but also being told you know I there, think there's a limit here, and you know you know did you have that kind of screw you? No, I'm gonna I haven't surpassed that. Do you mean a limit in climbing to what I can do? Yeah. Or, I think when I started at first, folk were really surprised that you know I was even you know getting up. Easy stuff, yeah. You know I mean? like even the scrambles were like, oh, mm, I've got to try that. Like, you know, when then the climbing, you can see it. Like, I was definitely aware when I was going to the climbing wall on a regular basis, you know, doing Glasgow, so it's like busy. Yeah. Before, and they see you climbing, and you would definitely be aware of folk watching what you were doing or folk pointing, you know, maybe not pointing, but if they thought we were being subtle, I can pick up on when folk. Ah, yeah. see my high because I'm aware of it and I always have been through my life so when you see what you always think are they doubting what you can do and that's an extra drive as well but I've definitely learned all my life to take with somebody's negativity and I can turn that yeah. on itself to make me do better things so I, it is an extra bit of drive Yeah. but I, I don't see these things as a, a negative enemy I kind of love all that negative shit and then yeah, it gives you a chance can, to, to prove them wrong. I can flip that on itself yeah, and use yeah. it for something else. So I, it's a, to me, it's a good thing. Uh, when did that kind of start then? You kind of, did you ever have that moment where you're like, right, okay, I am going to be the best? Or, or was it... No, no. Was it, have you had the thought process of I'm going to be the best or, or was it like a, I'm going to do the best that I can do or were you kind I, of just along for the ride? No, no. So I never, I've never ever thought... I'm going to be the best. Mm. Always just want to see how far I can go physically and mentally as well yeah. at the same time. For me, climbing's probably different for me than it is for a vast majority of folks. A lot of folks do it and it's a hobby and it's something that they really enjoy doing and it is something that I really enjoy doing. But for me, it's about pushing my disabilities and seeing how far. So like, you know, the physical act of climbing is a challenge to my hand and climbing bold stuff, you know, that mental control that you need to be doing that, I feel that that's a, that gives me control over my epilepsy as well and the mental health problems that that kind of brings on. So for me, it's about challenging 
all that yeah. stuff that I've got going on internally. Fair enough, at the beginning, there was probably a bit of, I need to prove a point here and show for. <laughs> but I kind of got to a point and I thought, well, I've done that now and I don't like give a shit with MD. Ah, yeah. Thinks this is about me trying to prove to myself, which is a lot harder than, you know, proving a point to anybody else. Yeah, it's proving it to prove yourself a point to someone else. Much, much harder. Yeah. And it involves a lot more soul searching is a poncy way of putting it but <laughs> it, it involves a lot more like delving into your own mindset which yeah. can be a bloody scary place to be sometimes yeah like I've messed myself up like a couple of times probably mentally you know take myself into like really dark places to try and do hard dangerous things yeah 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 because like you've you know like I said at the start you've done you're a good all rounder you've done a lot of stuff but most of the stuff that I've come across you doing has been pretty bold, gnarly, scary stuff. Aye. You know? That seems to be where I excel. It's not where I set out to yeah. excel at. It just seemed to be that's what I enjoyed. That's what I got my gratification yeah. from was doing the bold stuff, something that was consequential. Because yeah. it's as close as I can, you know, it gives me that that battle, that fight that yeah. was always that's what I wanted to do, you know. It's I'm not like I'm not a naturally. I don't think I'm a naturally aggressive person. Some oh, I don't know. I've seen you after a cup of coffee in the morning. <laughs> Some folk will disagree, but I don't <laughs> think I naturally. Um, but I did always have this thing that I did want to go and yeah, you know, fight really, and that was the thing. But to be good at it, no, I just don't, like I'm not a flaming nut job guy. I just give me a gun to go and flaming <laughs> shoot folk kind of thing. But I, I just always wanted a battle. Yeah. And this gives it to being disabled gives you a battle. Yeah. You know I mean, it's just not the type I wanted, but it gives you. Maybe I should be careful what I wish for. Kim, <laughs> <laughs> it's it that a lot of backtrack. You you said that you know the the mental side of doing bold, scary, hard stuff uh, gives you a bit of mental control over the the epilepsy. How does that work? Does it actually give you like a? It probably doesn't, but. I'm pretty sure the medical world will tell you that's a lot of shit. <laughs> you know, if I'd listened to the medical world, I would you just be doing it. Day, nothing all I, the time. Do so, call I think for me, because stress and whatever else can bring on epileptic seizures, I'm putting myself in, you know, what most folk see as a really yeah. stressful yeah. situation. So if I can be in that situation, and doing something physically dangerous as well and be in control of that, then I don't really consider my epilepsy that much at all. Mm. I don't see it as something that... I could let it get to me, but because I know I can do these things, I know the epilepsy can't really get to me. Yeah. And it does every now and then, but it comes... Can usually if I've known my sleep pattern's been really bad for a while or whatever, and it'll... It'll just hit me. Yeah. But it's like a fit of depression that you get. It's just a black cloud. Just bang. You can be fine one minute and the next minute it just hits you and down you go. Yeah. And it took me a wee while to learn how to deal with that. But I've got my coping mechanisms for that now. And basically that is get my ass up off the couch. Yeah. Get outside, get on the bike, get up a hill, whatever it is. Just, just get out. Get the endorphins yeah. going. Be outside. Just being outdoors for me is like that's the big thing. That's the yeah. saviour for me. It's that, it's that therapy. I, I interviewed Becca Drummond a couple of months ago right. um, and she said the exact same thing. Like, no, you know, you can feel it when 
when you're not quite right and you know that it's because you've not been out. Aye. You just need to be out there. Yep. No matter what it is, as long as you're out there doing a thing. I think if I didn't have that, I'd dread to think of where my life would have went. That you definitely have to get a nasty ditch. So I've heard you say, and this is one of my favourite quotes from you, <laughs> right? <laughs> climbing with two hands is easy. <laughs> but climbing with one hand, you kind of have to think. Brilliant. Uh-huh. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but despite kind of knowing that, knowing that you know, climbing is just a little bit harder for you than people with, the, with two hands, ten fingers, whatever, uh, you still have been out soloing hard stuff, you know, climbing hard stuff, doing all these mega intense, scary lines. Uh, it's, I know it's hard to compare feelings. <laughs> Uh, and I know, like for for most people, the I, just the idea of soloing stuff is terrifying. Like I really don't like soloing. I'll do it very rarely. Um, not something that I'm going to encourage people listening. Um, but for you, I know it's hard to compare feelings. But for you, did did you feel like it was scarier, harder, more intense for you because no. of that? Because of you know the, the the epilepsy that might kick in, the the fin- more physical challenge that you've got. Or is soloing soloing and it's for me I've around. never really thought about it in that in that way at all. Uh, I don't think how do I love this? <laughs> I think because I've always had that disability on my hand, it's yeah. not like I'm then getting up something and climbing it and going, Oh, that would be easier if I had two hands. Yeah. All that kind of thing. So and I wasn't really into hardcore climbing until after I became epileptic, which sounds fucking insane. <laughs> but, so I don't really have anything to compare it right, yeah. to, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So don't get me wrong, there is times when I think, Christ, I wish I had two hands because I could be so much better than what I am. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see what I was capable of if I had two hands. In every single discipline that I climb in, I reckon I could be way better because for me, basically how I get better, it's all mindset. Yeah. For me, you know, it doesn't always really involve that much in the way of training. It's just about how far I'm willing to... How far are you willing to, to push? To push your yeah. eye, like, to take things going. So. I, I, I don't think it was anything special. I don't think what I've done is anything different for anybody else pushing yeah. their grade, if you know what I mean, or getting into anybody else soloing. I think it's all just about how far you're willing to go. Really? Yeah. Whether you're disabled or not. Yeah, I think that's, you know, one of the biggest things. No, in fact, I'm I'm not going to mess about it. It is the biggest thing that holds people back in their climbing. You know, is how far into their capability are they willing to push? How much are they willing to risk? Yep. You know, and if you if you can switch that off and take that risk and go to your absolute max capability, then you're yep. climbing so much harder than you normally are. Like, uh, and I think that's why you have had this awesome climbing career, this awesome climbing life, because you are able to push I, way further than most people are. Yeah, you know? I am definitely I'm lucky, and I've got that that mindset. Yeah. You know, I would, at the time, you know, all the things that it's taken to get that mindset, 
I never counted myself lucky. Uh, but it's yeah. then created this thing that I can I can use to my advantage, yeah. you know, to get better at the thing that I yeah. that I love doing, you know, this life that I've kind of chosen. Yeah. You know, because that's that is what it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's a life, you know. Yeah, it's it's it'd be really easy to go the complete opposite way and have all of these negative things happen just drag you down in a hole Aye. rather yeah. than turn them around into a positive thing. Do you think without climbing, you'd end up in that hole? Ooh, I can't really talk about where I would have ended up, yeah. but it would not have been pretty. <laughs> Aye, it wouldn't have been pretty at yeah. all. For me or for other folk, yeah. it wouldn't have been pretty. Oh, good thing you found climbing then. Aye. Yeah. Aye. Climbing has, has been the making of me. It saved me yeah. in every possible way you can think of. That's why climbing to me isn't just, it's not just a weekend thing, yeah. it's a thing 24-7. Even if I'm not doing it, even if I can't get out doing it because of injuries, because of family commitments, Disney matter. My mind is always there. Yeah. And even when I, I've not been out for a while, and I, like I say, I have been injured and I've been stuck sitting, I've always got that memory that I can think back and, you know, the routes that I've done and, you know, think back about how good it was and yeah. I've still got all these projects that I want to get done. <laughs> so I've got that to figure out. Yeah. You know, and think yeah. about it, where am I going to go next? What's next on the hit list? Everything else. So, I. So, you know, <laughs> you've done some mega serious lines and, you know, you, you just alluded to, you know, you've had injuries and stuff, hence the roller coaster journey that you've been on. Uh, but give us the highlight reel. What was the kind of your <laughs> highlight routes <laughs> from the heyday? Not that the heyday's over. Not what heyday's the, not over. It's just yeah, been no. a wee bit of a break the news since yeah. like operations and be, becoming a dad has uh, put me off <laughs> for a while, but just, I'm getting back in my stride again. Uh, so, highlights. Everybody thinks I'm mental for this, right? And I was getting <laughs> slagged off the other day there for Jamie Bankhead, who got me my job here. I love the quad rocks at large, right? Oh, God, I, I knew it. this was going to come up. <laughs> you oh. just don't get it, man, right? <laughs> don't fucking slag off the quad rocks or I'll get chuck your laptop at fucking window. <laughs> it's the best crag in the fucking world, right? Oh, mate. Right, there's an I E3, thought you were cultured. There's an E3 arete there. With neat gear on it. And I remember looking at that and it was like, you know, when I was going there at first yeah. and I was just doing like the easy lines and you see that and that was like the hardest route there in the guidebook at the time. You're like, wow, man, that's like, out there for me, you know, I, would, I didn't think I would ever get on it and then yeah. eventually getting that done was definitely a big like, all right, you know, I'm relatively capable here physically and yeah. mentally. Uh, first time I get, did coverage, that yeah. was like a big thing for me because that was like first time scrambling in the big mountains probably. We saw it was like November, it was minging, it was miserable and that was like a an eye-opener. For how, me how, well. can you, how can you talk about curved ridge and quad rocks in the same sentence with straight face? <laughs> <laughs> Best places in the world, man. <laughs> uh, then after that, not in any particular Order or anything, probably solo and fast and furious. It was like a yeah, a big one, probably. Because nobody's done that before or since. Or that. since, because yeah, nobody and else that is that stupid. How long ago is that? That's a long time. Like that was a while ago. 16, no, in fact, 
plan B. We hebben 16 hier ago or something like that, I think since I've done that. So it's been a while. I've never was... fucking played a game. When was I? I think I was about 13, so I 16, uh, 17 years ago now. Uh, I, yeah, it's a while. Then so that one, then probably getting into new route and everything after that was yeah. all like getting into new route. So I did a new route kind of near Lock Island. Called the Rebellion, it was a new E6. Oh, yeah. It's just a fucking stunning line, man. And that was one of these ones that came back for surgery, and you know, it meant mayor as well because it was like a hard line after yeah. my climbing career had been thrown into a bit of doubt. And then again, after mayor surgery, having come back, did a new route up in Glen Nevis called Cushy, which is like a a massive thing for me. You know, today, new routes in Glen Nevis is today, new routes thing. full stop is special. But to get them in Glen, it yeah. was only such an eye-catching line that's such a stunning part of the Glen. was like, aye. That's in an area that's just, you know, steeped in Scottish climbing history, to, to put up your own line in that is special. But just to be that, just that crag itself as well, man, you know, you're sitting there, like, between attempts or whatever, you know, when you've talked to it, and you get the viewer to, like, Steel Falls yeah. and up to the Marmors, and aye, it's just a, what a place. Man. It's a gorgeous place, place to be in there. Aye. Gorgeous place to be. Were any of those first ascents that you did solo? Or were all the first ascents, uh, all the solos that you did repeats? Uh, I did new routes that were solo, definitely. But the ones that I just mentioned, they were all, yeah. well, little like protected by one wire or protected by a couple of sky hooks. Or, aye, aye. You know, whatever, and then calms once you go to the safer, climbing up higher. I've definitely moved away from soloing for like a long yeah. time now. It just doesn't, it doesn't quite give me the same thing as it used to. I just hit a wall weight one day. Yeah. That was it. And I went to climb. I mean, I'd been soloing like, you know, up to E7. There was one day I went out to solo an E3. And I just didn't feel the need for it anymore. Mm. Like that need for soloing that I definitely had for a long time. And it was like a real, like a real need. And it just hit me and I just downclined from where I was. And it was like a big weight coming off my shoulders, to be honest with you. Like, no having that. Yeah. That want to be doing that stuff anymore. Because it was like a demon, Ken, just like pulling at you all the time. Today, things like yeah, that. It was like yeah. a darker bit of my life, I guess, as well. All the kind of things were all in there. And I, I just don't feel that want for solving anymore. But I do still feel the need for bold yeah. climbing. It still has to be consequential. Yeah. Still has to get you into that mindset. Aye. Yeah, aye. You still have to really like, think about it. Aye. Yeah, aye yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, so, Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Fast and Furious is a dry tooling route for those that don't know the route. It's what grade? D10? 10, 10 plus? 10 plus. Something like that. So hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got made a custom axe Yep. From Sterling, was it Sterling University? The Strathclyde University. Strathclyde University. Aye, ah, yeah. Um, and that's. What, did you do any winter climbing stuff before that? Oh, aye, aye. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd been winter climbing for a long time before. How, did, a long time, how did you actually? handle the axe before? I didn't, because this is way before you had ergonomic handles. Yeah. So it was just like 
Straight shafts. So, well, maybe no straight shafts. I wasn't for no hanging about with bloody Hamish McInnes climbing. Can what I mean? God <laughs> save that. A straight shaft. Don't let the fucking great. Don't brag. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <to> podcast. <laughs> right. Bring it in. I'll tell you that's going to be the most popular drag in the world before long. <laughs> uh, no, so before then, I was only really mountaineering. They went on mountaineering. Yeah. And then I wanted to try winter climbing, so I went to the uni and I went to a place called Westmark at the Southern General yeah. and they specialise in prosthetics and stuff like that and sport to them I, and it just went for there f- through various different versions to where nowadays I just don't use a prosthetic because the ergonomic handles allow me to hold it and it slows down what I can do but it also opens up a few more yeah. like moves that I, just makes things a bit more freer and I can wear gloves when I'm winter climbing which is obviously a bonus nice yeah so I <laughs> is climbing with tools then does it still feel like when you had this um, specially made thing from uni um, did it feel more like you had two hands I like saw I remember the first time trying it and it was like, that was the first time I had done something using two things the same like anybody else would do, you know what I mean? That was yeah. like the first time I'd ever done that. I was like, wow, this is what it feels like. So for a while, it was a complete novelty to yeah. me. But because when I go into winter climbing, I was instantly immersed into much harder climbing with really, really fucking good climbers. Yeah. The guys that really pushed me, so the prosthetics weren't really keeping up with what I was doing, you know, right, they, right. they were pushing me on and pushing me on. No, I pushing me and encouraging me, you know, to try harder and harder stuff. So, I mean, like the first prosthetic came right the way down my, my forearm, which was all right for like, you know, anything up to like vertical climbing, but the minute I started hitting overhanging stuff, if you fell off, you could easily get like compound fracture in your arm, ah, which I was like Jesus. close to like yeah. once or twice. <laughs> So then that had to move on and then the materials that it was made of as well had to change a couple of times because it just wasn't handling. Uh, no, I wondered if, you know, because once you've got axes in your hands, it's like a level level playing field. Everybody's hanging on the same tips. So mm. I wondered if it was like a proper level playing field. I, no, still... it's definitely no a proper level playing field, mate, because, you know, when you're using axes, you can move your wrists about in any right. direction. Aye, when you move an axe up to torque, you just pick the axe up to torque it. But I have to move up my entire thing, and then yeah. it can only go to certain angles, which are really, really bloody painful. Yeah, you know, being in the cold, wearing just a liner glove <laughs> when you're climbing, <laughs> it's brutal. So it, it is really not a level playing field yeah. at all. Doesn't matter what you know. I tried to convince myself it was never a level yeah. playing field. So what made you so damn good at the dry tooling then? Because I like I'm, in my head, I was like, well, he. He got so damn good at dry tooling because the axes make it a little bit more of a level playing field. Like, and he can use the rest of his body and, mm-hmm. you know. Yep, so there's a mix of these things, definitely. But the main thing for me of getting good was getting in with Scott Muir. Yeah. And yeah. Scott encouraging me. Taskmaster Muir. Pushing me on. Yeah. And just watching Scott and learning from him. And then through Scott, you know, getting to meet and climb with people like. Dave McLeod and Will Gad, yeah. all these guys. I was genuinely so lucky in getting in with them. You know that that's what took me for being. It's just like in a kind of hobby, and I can't get it any further than that. Really, right. to then meeting these guys, 
dog are like, whoa, this is like different stratosphere for where I've been, you know, because like, I remember like, Scott was just trying Fast and Fuzzy, I think he just bought it and it was a project when I first met him and we'd been on Ben Nevis climbing for a week, I'd actually hired him as a guide because I wanted to see, you know, what I could do, we spent a week on yeah. Ben Nevis winter climbing and then he said, oh, you know, come up and see the project in a couple of weeks, like, I was like, I need to come up because we'd go on really well and he showed me this thing and I just, because I'd went for like second in my first winter grade five and then I'm standing underneath Fast and Furious, you know, it was just like, <laughs> holy shit, man, this thing's amazing looking. And Scott had like, you know, the axes with the curved handles, like the old Duvel yeah, ones, he had yeah. the fruit boots with the heel spurs and everything, so he's like hanging about upside down, I was like, this is fucking awesome, man, like I really want to try this. So, just got into it, built a lot in my garage back home, trained like hell. Yeah. I'm... Dredgeland is like, it's something else. It's just great fun. It is. I mean, at the time I did take it really, really serious, but it's just the same as sport climbing. It's, it doesn't give me the same... Yeah. And that's not to take away from any of these things, like, at all. But they things don't give me the same as... Yeah. Tried so, right, this is, you know, this is Scott Rock. You can say sport climbing sucks if you want. Nah, that's you right. Know. We like controversial <laughs> stuff on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember speaking to somebody once and I said, like, that is what I say is, like, sport climbing is sport. Yeah. That's what it is. Whereas, like, the tried climbing stuff, that's, like... It's, that's like yeah, you need the adventure to get into that headset. Right. That's, that's just that's like spirit stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking amazing. It's a totally different thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dreadland's a, a funny one. Like it's it's sport. It's not got that adventure, but you're still at height swinging around sharp things, Aye. dangling from. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I've seen some belt and injuries in Dreadland. I yeah, you've had a few. Yeah, I. <laughs> not as many as a hopefully other things right enough, but I. <laughs> So I, I said at the start, you know, your, your climbing career has been a roller coaster that you're still on, mm-hmm. uh, still screaming. Yep. Uh, and I don't want to delve too deep into kind of into that roller coaster because I know it was covered really well by our good friend, Mr. Ewan Ryan. Yes, it was. Uh, yes. Final Crux Films. Uh, what was the name of the film again? We need to talk we about We need Kev. to talk about Kev. Yeah. If anybody listening hasn't seen that film and you want to watch it, it's still on Vimeo. It's still on Vimeo, yeah. still on Vimeo. You can check it out. Please do check it out because it is awesome. Like, I'm not blowing my own trumpet in any way because I just think I talk a lot of shite most of the yeah. time, but you and done a phenomenal job. Really that, good like, job. Really, really good. And it's yeah. not just your normal, here's somebody claiming something hard. No. It's, it's definitely better than that. Yeah. Yeah, that video's still out on, on Vimeo, so check it out um, if you want to watch all of it. But um, you had a bit of an accident. Yeah, a couple of accidents. Mm, just the one main one. One big probably. one. Aye. yeah. I've had my share of like. Aye, you've had a couple of wee ones, but aye. like the one big one. Aye, the big um, one. That had that was a big recovery ride. Still, How, still, still on going. It. Yeah. it's not a recovery anymore. It's a managing. Aye, yeah. It's not an injury anyway. It's not. It's not an injury when you've had it for like twelve years. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I don't want to go too deep into it. Cause I don't want to talk about exactly what you Aye. put in the film. But do you want to give us the short, sort of short version? Aye, of... short story. Uh, trying a new route in winter in Glen Nevis. It's a hanging icicle. Climbed up the first section. Went to swing out onto a hanging icicle. Realised it was going to collapse. We basically, if it went, my prosthetic would have been in the ice. So if the ton of ice came off, it would probably have ripped my arm clean off. Clean off. 
So I decided to get back off it and down climb to my gear and then lower off. Went to lower off for my gear, my gear ripped, and I went straight down, smashed into the deck, smashed my ankle, nearly skewered myself with my axe. Ah. Was really lucky not to have that happen. Uh, Dave was belaying me on that, and because I landed, I was like pretty much unconscious. The axe was underneath me, and he thought at first that it had yeah, yeah. just went straight through me. So, no, that was near. What was the gear that ripped? Calm. Freaking calm. Shitty calm. It's always calms. It's always calms. <laughs> always bloody calms. Every time I've hit the deck, it's been a fucking calm. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good advertisement for calms, this. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go try and climb in just nuts? Maybe I'm just shit replacing calms, that's what it is. Hey, that's what happened to me, mate. I'm, so I'm just useless at placing calms. <laughs> I feel the rank direction, that's all. <laughs> I, uh, I I very much appreciate the footage of. Uh, obviously, you didn't get footage of the actual fall, but I love. Unfortunately, the I I love the footage of Dave like just like doing little selfie video. I know he had a fucking great time. <laughs> but um, by a year later, I returned that favour when he was dropped up in the glen, and I carried him back out for fucking steel hot crap. Yeah. But I never got any good photos, unfortunately. Oh, mate, that was your chance to get your I know, it's like a proper lit down one. Come on, you're just taking photos of you in the but hospital. I was too busy being fucking knackered, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as much as David is a small dude, he's like got a lot of muscle. That's a, that's a heavy bloke. Well, at least he managed to haul his cell across the, the wire bridge. You know, it's still crying. Oh, you didn't make him swim? Oh, I didn't make him swim. It wasn't cold enough. Well, ah, uh, well, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that's pretty impressive, like, how he managed to, like, he did quite a bit of his cell as we all getting out that night with a broken ankle. Yeah. Good effort. Good effort. So what happened, like, you say you broke your ankle, but what actually happened? Because it wasn't just, like, a clean break. It was a- No, so I smashed my tail bone to bits, but it wasn't picked up on the initial x-rays so they tell me it was just a sprain so I just went back to climbing within a couple of weeks oh mate really fucked my ankle I was back running and back up Ben Nevis again within weeks when I broke an ankle dude that must have hurt like hell oh it was agonisingly painful why would you keep going running then just because I needed to get fit yeah sure needed to Exercise on the fucking tramadol for my system that I've been with my tits on for weeks before <laughs> that, man. <laughs> How long was it before they caught the break then? Nearly a year. A year? Aye, by the time they got, by the time I got an appointment to go get a scan, oh, when it was nearly man. a year. But that time it was like arthritic and stuff. So yeah, that's it. It's done at that point. point. So I've had like multiple operations for fusions to re breaks to bones being taken out of there and screws taken in and out. And Aye, multiple operations now. Jesus. And my knees are gone now, so I was yeah. at the doctor about that yesterday, so. So you are getting old. Be a you are getting old. Replacement. Oh, aye, the hips are gone and everything, man. I can proper <laughs> sit and talk about ailments for hours, <laughs> Nate <laughs> So this is going to be the new episode. We're just going to go head to toe. Aye, yep, bye. All, all Kev's hurts. <laughs> you will be there for a while. It's all my bloody left on side for some reason, is real, <laughs> Oh yeah, it's all left hand side. Left isn't it? eye goes. See, no, no, my right knee is which starting to go. Yeah, right. Is that overcompensating for uh, the rest of it? Yep. Why? <laughs> but it's get so bad I've started to use my bad ankle to compensate for my knee. Oh, there. It'll balance itself at some point. So how is it climbing on it now? It's painful, but it's just sore all the time. Right? You don't get calf pumping your left leg when you're winter climbing. 
Is it fused so you don't get air from Well, that's a good... Oh, it's fused, isn't it? No. Oh, that's a... Yo! I, I don't recommend look, it as like a... Look, you picture yourself as, as you know, you're, you've gone through the hardships, and, but you're not getting calf pump? No. Oh. I've got the easy you, life, You've got man. the easy life. Come on. <laughs> Live in the Come dream. On. <laughs> Live in the dream. <laughs> but you're still at it. Like, I, was it last year? Was it E5 you put... I did a new E5. Was that last year? Yeah. Dude, that really mega. Where was that? It was in the gorge down there, was it? Yep. Dude, what a place. Mate, honestly, it's amazing here. I fucking love Kinloch Cleveland, man. Love it. (laughs) I think you're one of like three people that actually say that. This is the Highland version of the Quad Rocks, basically. Everybody slags it off, and it's actually fucking awesome. Ah, (laughs) That's it. Nobody's ever going to come here again. Your route's <laughs> never going to get repeated just because you it's an easier walk in right enough. It's the quadrocks of the Highlands. <laughs> um, I can't wait to Jamie Bangan hears this one, oh but he makes sure I send this to him. <laughs> I'm going to do one with Jamie just to describe how bad the Quadrox is. It's not bad. That's going to be a what shot. Is, what is good about it? Give me give me one thing. Right, the view is the best okay, okay. view in the fucking country for a crag. How many crags can you see all the islands way? You can see up to the Arakar Alps, way down to Elza Craig, mm. everything. It's phenomenal. Okay, I'll give you the views pretty good. You've got a choice of blinding chippies. Enlarge once you're finished. <laughs> Best thing about the crag. Oh, I never said climbing is really it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but I, I guess back in a lot of that place comes from like it was just my local crag. Yeah, you and I did so many like, locals, I did so many new routes there as well. Like when I started, like stuff that anybody, like obviously had been done before. Yeah, you know, it's like, I've added my own and I've still got one route there to to go, which I've been trying on and off for like fifteen years now, I reckon. And still having to go. Well, there's done. a route at Quadrox too hard for you. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I've, don't get me wrong, I've made progress on it recently <laughs> and I've gone there this weekend to try it again. So <laughs> I cannot wait. I just love being there, man. I just love the place. It's funny, you do, you absolutely love your locals, don't you? Like, Aye. I, since moving up here, that's Nielston. See, you're slagging me about Quadrox, <laughs> you're talking about Nielston? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Nielston. <laughs> A shite hole crag in the grun with a fucking pylon in it, uh-huh. and you're slagging me about bloody quad rocks. Yeah. Ram it. Yeah. Well, at, at least Nielsen hasn't got those big ship rings at the top. <laughs> what are they about? Listen, go a view of Glasgow. Ooh, lovely. Pish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having that slagging off quad rocks, and you miss fucking Nielsen. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. I'm having to hold myself back here for what I'm saying to you now. <laughs> this would be unearable. That's kind of what I was going for. I'm not even angry, bro. I'm just disappointed. Disappointed? <laughs> Man, Nielsen's great. Said no one ever. Nielsen's great. Nielsen's great. No, it's not. It's a horrible crowd. See, the whole time I lived in Glasgow, I hated it with a burning passion. And as soon as I left, I'm like, <laughs> you miss it. I miss Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man so what's the projects now then are hang on are these like in the black book you're not allowed to tell anyone's projects I mean everyone knows what you can do with those axes I don't think anyone's going to come steal your lines I've not even, I'm not even interested in winter lines I did, well that's wrong that's the right thing to say my 
focus, I guess. I've no winter climb for a couple of years now. I didn't mean climbing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just doesn't give me the same... I prefer just pure ice now. Yeah. I've got a real thing for pure ice climbing. I really enjoy that. Uh, but just the past couple of years between surgery and injury and yeah, yeah. dropping the dad, just, I've just not had time to, to get out winter climbing, unfortunately. When COVID hit, uh, I was meant to be going to America earlier. Who was I meant to be in February this year? I was meant to be there. So my mm-hmm. intention was to spend a few weeks because I was getting paid to go out to do a talk. So right, I was going to spend right. time out there you know, winter climbing with the rap guys out there. Uh, but obviously, that never happened. So hopefully, maybe next year, I'll, I'll try and get myself out to America and yeah. go on some good old water ice out there. By winter-wise, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, the projects for the future, for me, I've got one really big one that I genuinely don't even know if will be actually possible, but I'm definitely not going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of rock projects all over the place. I would love to try and climb E8. That if I could climb E8, I'd yeah. be really happy that that would be the. Just got to find the right one. I and I think I've, have you got? I've got a few in mind. Right. Like I was trying one in Northern Ireland, like a while back. Yeah. Like I was obsessive with getting there. Like I tried to climb it, and it was in like there was guys ice climbing at a lesser altitude <laughs> than where I was climbing on it. Honestly, mate, I've got forties on me, like trying to melt the ice off the handholds, like just holding them. It was insane. <laughs> uh, so I, I wouldn't mind getting back to Northern Ireland. I went to the peak not long ago to have a look at stuff, but it's just a lot more polished there and Aye. things like that. And it, Disney, it didn't date anything for me. Mm. So we just ended up like, you know, having a bit of crack and basically got crack climbing more than this. I think that I've never enjoyed them, but we actually had a good laugh and yeah. just spent a couple of days doing that. How does jamming work? Sometimes it's fucking perfect for that. Huh, man? It's like a mobile cam. <laughs> it's like brilliant. But then if it, gets, if, it gets, if it gets too thin a crack, then it's terrifying because it's like a nut. If you follow it, it's like going to jam proper. Whereas yeah, my yeah. reputation of cams, I just fucking take it out. You know, it's going to fall anyway. So, <laughs> right, so rock project-wise, that's it. Winter climbing wise, go to the States. Uh, I've got a lot of unfinished business with trad climbing, like places doing an Arctic or. Yeah. Uh, I just, what's up with this project? It's, everywhere, it's just everywhere. It's, not, yeah, it's never it's too much. You never get to the end of the book. No. Do you know what I mean? No. Every time you tick one off, you add five to the list. Aye. Yeah. I've got like, I, I enjoy moving fast in the hills. Like, I love running. Yeah. In the hills, so I've got plans for that, like things that I would love to be able to achieve, but it's getting my knees and my ankle to like being able to maintain the fitness mm-hmm. but without really knackering myself as yeah, well. So yeah. I'm still Find balance finding that, that balance and you know, uh, through lockdown I only just really started on writing a book. Or about you writing a book? Yeah, I can even do I can do some joint. God help writing. the editor that's got to go through that. I, I don't write it the way I talk, obviously, <laughs> or the way I text folk. <laughs> it's in spots. <laughs> uh, so I that was about basically folk with various form of physical or mental disabilities or folk that have been through you know cancer or whatever else and how they've used the outdoors as a a way of getting through and how yeah. it helps them and everything else. So I had God knows how many folk lined up. To do that, but timings wise, you know, it just is not easy. I would probably need to quit 
working full time to go and focus on getting that done. Yeah. So that's yeah. a in the balance consideration you know, while I'm trying to line up other work that would maybe allow that to be a bit more feasible. Yeah. So that'd be cool. The the list of things that I want to achieve is growing still, as big as the, oh, the climbing list. <laughs> because all I, my daughter's at an age now, you know, she's at nursery. It's given me a bit more time. Yeah. You know, to do yeah. stuff and things like that. So how are you finding that balance then? You know, being able to like get out, train, raise kids. It's work. not easy. It definitely isn't easy, and I'm still. I don't think you ever figure it out. Like I'm still, you know, trying my best just to work around about it. But priority is always going to be her. Aye. Get what I mean? Regardless of of course what's going on, she is like the the number one thing in my life without a doubt. It's not climbing anymore. But like I say, she's at an age now where, you know, she can just, we take her to like a wee crag over the back, she puts a harness on or whatever, and it's just a tiny wee bit of climbing. It's only like, you know, a bit of 10 feet or something like yeah. that, really. You know, she'll go up, but that's it. But she comes in here, she starts bloody solo, put a harness on, she starts soloing up the slab. <laughs> and I can't even be like angry about it because I'm like, this is karma for the shit that I've brought up on my yep. ass through. <laughs> now you know like, how it feels. I, she's mental on her wee bike. You know, she goes out kayaking and she likes to like work the paddle and stuff like that. So she's like, she we're walking up to the top of the West Highland Way here and she'll run all the way back to the village again. <laughs> you know, and my wife, she's like right into running. So, you know, hopefully she's got all these, yeah. these wee active genes for the two years and she'll... It sounds like it. She'll keep it going. Ah, it sounds like she's uh, she's definitely got the adventure genes. Yeah, I'll, just oh, she's definitely got Being out and doing lots of different things. Aye, she's That's cool. It's magic. I love it, man. Love yeah. it. Uh, so, like, okay, are you one of the parents that is just trying to breed a bee layer for yourself? No. Or are you, like, no, let her find her own path? I'll let her find what she yeah. wants to do. But it's the same as, like, my two stepsons. We just introduce them to every sport that's outdoorsy and adventurous. And if they choose one that they might be really good at or get yeah. into, then fire away. That's magic. Nice. As long as they take something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here at Callum's... Uh, coming up on baby number three now when would you get by one so I've got I'm hoping that he doesn't listen to this but I've got a theory I've got a theory he's he's not going to be one of those parents that just tries to breed a bee layer for himself mm-hmm. but he's going to breed enough of them that one of them will be aye that, you're right that's a hell water of the hassle <laughs> just get yourself a bloody shunt <laughs> that's all they've been doing because Becca can't bee lay Oh when, my when he's on hard stuff, God. and like she wants to do stuff as well, but can't like fall off. Oh, so you give me two of them just to shut that, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> no, one's plenty. <laughs> All right, one of the questions that Becca asked, and this, I think I might wrap up here because we've been going for a while. See if you tell me this is fucking broken down now. <laughs> no, no, still, no. Still running, just. <laughs> What was one of the stupidest things you've been asked about your hand? Oh. What's the stupid thing I've been asked? Yeah. There's got to be some bellers. Or the stupidest thing someone said to you. There was one day I was coming in here to come to work. And I was on my bike. And there was a guy standing outside. And his first question was, how do you manage to go to bike? And I just fucking locked at him. That's what you don't even deserve a fucking answer to that, you prick. And I just fucking locked at him. And he just, it, 
just a look of, I, I don't even know if it was disgust or whatever it would be and just walked right past me. Fuck off, you brainless <laughs> I couldn't even think of a word for somebody like that, man. Aye, how do you go about? Well, you've just you seen me yeah. fucking cycling you... in in front of you, you asshole. Take a look and you'll see. That's how I do it. Mm, just painful. <laughs> how long ago was that last week? That's only a couple of years ago, I think that. Yeah, brilliant. Morons. <laughs> but we're never going to be shorter then, so. Uh, no, we're not. No, we're not. Ah, you should have rolled past them doing like a wheelie or something like that. I could, I'd definitely have got a arse doing that. <laughs> Proves this point. Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I'm excited to see uh, what this project that you're not willing to talk about is. Aye. I'm quite excited. Aye, so am I. Like, there's aye, so many good things if I can achieve them, but like, for me, they would be like lifetime goal level stuff for the next couple of years. Now, why really focus on that? Dude, that's crazy. You're talking about like now doing like lifetime goals and stuff after you know soloing eights and I've no solo e sevens, e sixes. Like that's mad, man. Like, what is this thing you've got coming? It must be mega. I think I don't know. It's like well, I do know about the stuff that I want to go with. Yeah. But I don't know what it is that constantly drives yeah. that. Because, like, I'm in my 40s. I've got a bit of dad bod. You know, I need to get my finger out and get rid of that. I, I wasn't going to comment. <laughs> <laughs> you're wearing Crocs. Shut the fuck up. Look, you know you're jealous of these Crocs. If the day ever comes I'm jealous of them, I'm going back to solo one again. But Look, you know fine well, Crocs are comfortable. No, I don't. They're, they're, worth, owning. Owning. they're worth owning because they're comfortable, but they look ridiculous. So if you're gonna yeah, buy, that's if one you, thing. Like if you're you gonna be, if you're gonna buy a pair, you gotta get the most ridiculous pair. Is that fucking pink flamingos? Jesus Christ, man! I can't believe I'm sitting in a room with you. <laughs> you like you miss Newston. You're wearing fucking Crocs with pink flamingos on it. All levels are ridiculous. <laughs> you know you're jealous. Brilliant, just brilliant. I absolutely love Kev. He is one of my absolute all-time favourite people. Uh, And I'm sure he's one of your favourite people now too. Uh, And to be honest, if you know Kev, you'll agree with me that that was very well behaved for him. This is definitely going to be released to the public. Wouldn't have guessed that. Well done, Kev. We're proud of you, mate. Uh, But yes, I'm sure that there is definitely one thing that Kev does when he's out when he's not soloing. I bet he does his buddy checks. 